how's it going everybody <laughs> oh man um at, pardon me as i as i fix that uh at least we got a point it's better than last time yay uh that's that's about all i've got on this one because it's otherwise it's just another heartbreaking late loss and <laughs> these aren't fun um I thought the Kraken played really well in this one. We were picking up response goals of our own. We were able to take a lead late again against a really, really good team. I mean, this Dallas team, you know, for a large portion of this year has been right up there at the top of the Western Conference. They're a super solid team. This is going to be a dangerous playoff team. Kraken were right there with them. But boy, this, this whole like not being able to close out games thing, I'm not liking it. I'm not... I doubt very many of you are liking it either. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not great. Thankfully, we all have each other and we all have these uh, Emerald City uh, hockey postgame lives therapy session like this one. Although I think we decided last year, right, these OT losses because we get the point. They turn into like slam poetry events. But uh, the point is, we all get to we all get to talk about it in this one. There There was genuinely some really, really good moments for the Kraken in this one definitely some positives to talk about obviously late loss is disappointing but that's why we're all here together in part thanks to Queen Anne Beer Hall so definitely got to give them a shout out gonna start off with Coop here though in the comment section we are so bad at end of game scenarios we are I don't know what happened because like remember not that long ago we were like wow this is awesome we we get a late lead the other team pulls their goalie and then uh Brandon Tanev just skates down and gets an empty net goal. I'm like, this is just, this is life. And we're, we're, we're crushing it. We're killing it. This is, this is what we do. How much can I wiggle my head around? And, and now it's just like, oh my gosh, how are we going to find a way to lose this late lead? Um, I'm not, I'm not enjoying that. I want to go back to the way things were. Somebody like pull out the DeLorean. Let's, let's get back to that because this is definitely not as fun. This one was just, I mean, that was, that was a full-on panic at the end is what that was. That was uh, Philip Grubauer gets stuck, stick. He, he, he loses his stick, and then his stick's caught in his pad. So he's kind of taken out of the play just because he's he's handicapped at that point. He's he's unable to to move in the in the ways that he needs to do. And man, and and then both both of his defensemen, Alexiak and Borgen. To the pairing again they both they do what they're kind of supposed to do in that situation your goalie's down and can't rejoin the play he's stuck down you you have to go cover the net especially alexiak on that left side because grubauer wasn't able to push off because his stick was under his right pad and it and it was keeping him from from being able to move they're both in net they're but they're both in panic mode just trying to you know be a last line of defense a, a very like very emergency last line of defense there they, they, they maybe stay there a little bit too long because what happens is Grubauer is able to kick his stick out and then Grubauer is trying to get back up and he's trying to get back on it and they're then in his way. He's not able to ever find his posts again because he can't go back because they're blocking him from going backwards. So I don't know. I, I think like it makes sense why they both were there. They needed to both be there. I thought Borgen should have left a lot sooner because Alexiak was really the one on the side that needed somebody there. I think Borgen should have left a little bit sooner. And then, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an end of game scenario. They've got an empty net. They've got an extra man out there. 
Pavelski's just left wide open. Is that somebody's coverage responsibility? It's tough to say. They have more people out there than you do. There's always going to be somebody open. In a panicky, like, we've all condensed around our goal because everything's going crazy there. I would like to see Pavelski taken away in that scenario and you leave, like, the point open. Like, like whatever, you know, uh, uh, Haskinen up top, like leave him wide open. If you, if you got to have somebody open, that's the person to leave open when you're, when the puck's in tight around the crease and you're all in panic mode, that should be what you're doing. Uh, somebody should have been over there on Pavelski, but I don't know who, but that's, that's basically what happened at the end there. It was just, everybody was in a panic and it was just rough. It wasn't good the bottom line jules with the super chat here though appreciate it jules some fun news i got to talk to the nashville coaches they were really kind and are wishing the seattle kraken good luck for their first playoffs that's that's amazing jules that's really really awesome um i i haven't talked talked to this current nashville coaching staff i talked with uh barry trotz back in the day back when he was with uh nashville before he's going back to be with nashville uh in the gm role this upcoming off season and he was super super nice i've heard only ever good things out of that nashville organization it really sounds like they do everything right uh down there so uh that's that's unsurprising but it's always good to hear that people are nice and good and um uh yeah that's that's awesome that they that they wish the crack and good luck and, and you were able to talk with them about that jules that's really really cool thanks for thanks for the super chat and and thanks for letting us know that's really awesome and then i also see here just uh rebecca dylan and his bobblehead era that is definitely what i was up to there rebecca talking about that <laughs> all right michael i'm glad they got the point but my goodness it's like the kraken are purposely trying not to exit their z zone lately Lately, Michael, it's been like this all season. The the inability to clear, right? Uh, it's been especially bad lately, though. I'm not I'm not trying to get on you. Um, it's just yeah, as you said later, defensive breakdowns, horrible, atrocious passing. Very very lucky they got a point tonight. I mean, look, I thought the Kraken played. They might have played better, like just straight up throughout most of this game. It's just we've we've run into this issue before. The Kraken's inability to clear the zone is a problem. The Kraken getting into panic mode, we've seen that before. It's a problem. The fact that in a situation like that, I don't remember if that all started off of a face-off, but if it did, they probably lost it, and that's a problem. <laughs> so these are just these are just things. And these are the things that make us look at the Kraken. And 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 I think we're all probably in this boat to some extent, or you know, there's gonna be some fluctuation person to person, but I think we're all kind of at this point where it's like, look we know that the Kraken are a good team, that they're better than most and that they deserve to be in the playoff spot that they're in right now. I think we're pretty much all in agreement on that, but we also all know that there are, there are some fundamental problems still with the Kraken that are going to keep them from being say like a, a cup contender or favorite. Right. And these are the things it's, it's face-offs it's defensive play. It's, you know, do you lose your your cool at times, whether it's taking a bad penalty that they've largely gotten under control or just kind of getting panicked and all of a sudden guys are turned around and the next thing you know, the other team's got you on something or or not clearing the zone. Right. These are these are the things power play. Right. Kraken had a four minute power play. They got three shots. Ugh, it kills me. You know what I mean? They, they were able to get that Bjorkstrand goal, though. That was really sweet. I, I would definitely want to talk about that later and maybe take a little victory lap for what I've been saying they should be using him for all along. Um, but still, one for four, you know, you'd like to see that be two for four, maybe. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's just it is what it is. Krakenock, that was a very nice sauce pass at the end. Sucks it wasn't in our end. Uh, anyways, anyone else in favor of making the OT ten minutes? I think fans are in favor of that Krakenock. Good luck convincing those players to go out there for ten extra minutes after playing a full game. I think that's where the pushback is, and and why it's so short. Um, I've heard players in the past talk they just want it to go straight to a shootout. They just like, like, let's just decide this thing and get out of there. After a game, they are just so tired. Um, Hunter, this team cannot close out a game to save their lives. Uh, certainly not to get two points. That's for sure. Lindsay, ugh, what a frustrating way to end. That was disappointing. Again, it was it was a little better than last time, everybody. Like, I will take this ending over last time. 10 out of 10 times, 100 out of 100 times, because we're at least walking away with a point and we got some free overtime hockey. And as everyone's pointing out here, like Ty, Saucer Pass Clinic, wow. It was a good pass. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, they're lucky to get the one point. What a frustrating last three minutes from the D. It was it was not great, that is for sure. Uh, Burnt Krem gave away another point. Grubauer has to stand up and stop flopping around. That OT goal was sick, but Gru is not on his knees. We play on. Again, I think that's that's not totally on Grubauer because the stick gets knocked out from all the traffic in front. I don't know if it was Borgen that did that or not, uh, but the stick, his stick, he loses his stick, and then his stick is under him, so it's keeping him from being able to get up in that situation. Uh, he's he's and then because he's got the defenseman behind him, he can't find his posts. He's never able to get square again or, or get back into, you know, his element, his zone, into his situation. And so I think that's that's what that was really about andreas this is becoming a bit of a pattern seems like we really have a hard time holding a lead slash not giving up goals right after our own goals need to be better especially come playoff time i think we're all we're all in agreement on that one like you cannot be giving away games late like this and expect to last very long in the nhl playoffs that's for sure rebecca that game took years off my life we doing this again on monday with jones i think there's a good chance we see martin jones for this monday game uh, I think, you know, I'm still of the mindset that Grubauer is probably still the better option is from like a gameplay standpoint. Like I would rather be rolling with uh, Philip Grubauer right now, not Martin Jones personally. I think Hackstall might be in that same mindset, but you need to not burn out Philip Grubauer. So that's one reason to put in Jones. I feel like when you're playing a team like this back to back, it makes sense to kind of split the split the duties. And I could see. I very, very, very much could see that the um, that they go with with a different goaltender just because of how you've lost these last two games. That you've given up tying goals, you've given up leads late in games, and Hackstall just wants to send a message and say, "Can't do this again." Like, like we're we're making a change. You know what I mean? But it's it, it's it's tough because you know Philip Grubauer for stretches of this game kept them in it. Like he was the difference maker. And so it was just like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a little rough. Light with the super chat. Always appreciate it. Reading this chat, I felt like I was in a Leafs post game chat. Ooh, spicy. Uh, we took a top Western team to OT. No need to think this is the end of the world. I agree with you, Light. Like I said, we got a point. That's way better than last time. This is a top team in the Western Conference. They've been a top team in the Western Conference all season long. And, and we were right there with them. Like I said, I think we outplayed them for the most part. I really, really do. I think through most of this game, we were the better team. I think that showed we were able to get, um, get that lead late. It was just kind of those same things that we beat ourselves 
happened again tonight. And we just, we, we beat ourselves again from those same things, not being able to clear a zone, not being able to take away a passing lane during a key time, not, you know, only going one for four on a power play. Like all those things are, um, are just kind of, that, that's how we've been losing all season long. And it's what happened again tonight for us. So I very much think this is one where we, we lost it ourselves. OT is, you know, look again, you controlled it through most of OT and then a phenomenal play beat you at the end. There's really no shame in that at all. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Light. It looks like you're getting some agreement here um, from, from some people in chat as well. So that's, that's definitely good to see. I, I like seeing the positivity in here. Uh, Coop, I honestly think Alexiak standing in the net for so long, even after Gru stood back up, prevented him from getting reset. I agree. Both both of them uh, definitely interfered with his ability to do that. Um, let's see. Uh, TBK plays. You know what? I'm not even mad. If you're going to lose, do it comically. <laughs> There's definitely something to be said for that. I'm going to give you that for sure. I don't mind it either if, uh, if you got to do it. Lindsay, thank God for Toronto beating Edmonton tonight, at least. Yes. And then Nashville Kings tied 1-1 late in the third. Maybe Nashville pulls up a, a late win. Maybe maybe Jules passed along some, some sweet extra knowledge against the Kings there, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I know you wouldn't do that, Jules. Risk your job like that just for the Kraken. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, if Gru's if D-man doesn't randomly leave that post, he's fine from CR Bud. Uh, it's, it's certainly possible. Uh, I, I, yeah, it would certainly help Gru get uh, reset a lot sooner. Kragenok, I couldn't help but laugh hysterically at the anxiety of the final two minutes of chaos when Dallas tied it up. Pure madness. It's hockey. Like, like that is something from hockey. And, and you know what? If you're any other fan base in the NHL, you watch this and you go, wow, that was a good hockey game. And it's only us because we were on the unfortunate losing side that we're like, oh, no, that's stunk. You know what I mean? But it, um, it was it was a good hockey game is the bottom line. It was exciting. That's the stuff you look for from live sports that nothing else is going to give you. I, I agree on that. Daniel, 9-6-1 to get to 100 points, still ahead of the Oilers. I like that. That's still you know something that's possible. Uh, Jay, I think Monday's game is going to be a pretty crazy one. I agree because this team is not going to want to lose again. This Kraken club, they are not going to want to lose again. And uh, I think we're going to be there. Uh, Gilberto Groovy played well. He had some nasty goals come his way and he did what he had to do. I, I, I agree. I think Grubauer is solid and kept them in this one. Some of them, like you look at that first goal, the Hintz goal, like what is Grubauer supposed to do on that? They just left the wide open passing lane. He sold out because on that one. So you got Carson Soucy falling down. It happens. He's in a battle. He goes down. Schultz, on the other hand, he sees Susie go down and he's like, oh my gosh, there's no one net front. I should go net front. But here's the problem. Dallas had no one net front. There was no one he had to go net front for. And if you look, Schultz is actually in the passing lane. There's only one play to be made there if you're Lindell for Dallas. And that is to pass over to Hintz. That's the only play that to be to be made because otherwise you're just firing it right into Grubauer's chest because Grubauer is completely square. He is dialed into Lindell, right? The puck is there. He is right there. And so if you're Schultz, just take away that passing lane. You don't have to go net front in that scenario, like right up on Grubauer, because there's there's no threat from Dallas there. You know what I mean? Take away the passing lane. He was in the passing lane. He left the passing lane for some reason uh, to go net front, even though there was no star there. And then it opened up the passing lane. And that's that's how Grubauer gets beat. And he almost saves it. He almost gets a glove on it, too, which would have been save of the year. 
literally throughout the NHL, that would have been the save of the year highlight. They would have shown it at the NHL awards. It would have been fantastic. But in, instead that, you know, they're the, the one play that could hurt you. They were able to make that play. I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't like that move from Schultz. I know it's a fast situation, but whenever you're in a passing lane like that, I always prefer taking that away. Let your goaltender deal with the shot. You know what I mean? Like that's what you do in a two on one. You take away the pass. You let the goalie do it. If the, if the shooter's going to beat you by firing it into a space this wide, good on them. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the way you got to play it in my opinion. Uh, beep boop that last minute 30 was horrible trash garbage disgusting worthless nauseating choke gross ugly angry awful disappointing uh that's a lot that's a i mean that's a lot of adjectives that's a lot of adjectives right there uh i agree it wasn't great i don't know that it was that bad again i think losing to the ducks in kind of ridiculous fashion is worse personally uh than a top team in the west but you know, I can't, I can't argue with how you're feeling. And, uh, I like, I like the, um, the thesaurus action and I'm, and I do genuinely mean that as a writer. I, I like what you did there. Lindsay, we need practice six on five. It seems like it's inevitable. We can't clear the zone and the other team scores agreed. Just work on clearing the zone. Uh, absolutely. We'll see if, if they do that, uh, during a practice tomorrow. Gregory, that scramble was incredible to see. Even though the Stars scored, I love the team effort there. There was that there was playoff effort there. I agree with you, Gregory. There was serious effort there. I do like to see the team. Largely, they did what they had to do. They con they consolidated around the net. They were really kind of trying. They created a bubble around Grubauer, which is what you want to do. It was just unfortunate that Grubauer was down and kind of taken out of the play for so long. If Grubauer's not down and taken out of that play, by doing that, you've you've you're fine because then Dallas just has to keep passing around the perimeter. They're going to chew a bunch more time off the clock before they feel desperate enough to finally take pot shots from out far. Uh, it, it was just unlucky that what happened to Grubauer happened to Grubauer. Uh, but otherwise you are very right. And then the whole game really kind of had playoff uh, hockey atmosphere. Sorry for hitting the mic there. Um, it was physical. It was high energy. It was intense. It was back and forth at times, a lot of speed back, back, back. I love to see that. Like that's, that's it's good hockey. Like I said, this was a really entertaining hockey game start to finish. See all the shots in that first period. And then it, and then the strategy starts kicking in and we'll talk about this with RJ later. Cause me and him, we lit for the first time ever covering a Kraken game. We had a phone call during the intermission to talk X's and O's. Okay. So I'm going to wait for RJ to bring that up, but uh, that's, this is literally the first time, literally the first time. And, uh, but it, it was one of those where it's like the game starts like wild and then the team's strategy start clicking in. It becomes that chess game of, okay, they are adjusting to this. Let's try to do this. And okay, that's starting to work, but now they're adjusting to it. What, what can we do? And I just, I love that stuff. This game was so, so entertaining. It just was. Um, Leanne, that was infuriating. Shoot the dang puck. In overtime, you're with me, Leanne. Awesome. <laughs> Solid. I love it. Uh, Michael, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, definitely not. He hasn't been too great lately. Needs some more rest. Talking about Grubauer. Grubauer probably does need some rest. Uh, Coop, the only thing that'll save tonight is if they keep if they keep Maddie with credit for that goal. Need every point we can for him. Well, the good news is he'll get an assist regardless. So he'll get a point. But I agree. I think the goal is more valuable for him Calder-wise right now. 
I think if we can get him to uh, to 20 and, and kind of hit magic numbers as far as the goal goes, that that could be that could be beneficial for him because he's, he's sitting on 19 right now. I want him. I want him to get to 20. There's even time to, to maybe get to 25 if he heats up. And I think if he gets to 25 goals with like, you know, say 60 points or something like that, 50, 50 points, I think that would be really, really solid for him. I think that would do a lot, a lot for him. All right. Well, speaking of RJ. Because uh, I was just talking about him a little while ago. Let's go ahead and, and add RJ in here. RJ, how was it being in the building for this one? Because we, we've been talking about it. I know you tweeted about it. This was a really entertaining game with a lot of like playoff intensity. It was, definitely. It felt like one of those kind of playoff grind battles. Something that I know the two of us can really enjoy. Because I think there were a lot of X's and O's type of things that you can really break down and analyze. Um, I, maybe if you were talking about me, maybe that's what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was very entertaining from that perspective. Uh, you know, and in the building, it was interesting because it, you kind of had the, the different flows of, of energy from the crowd. There was a while where it did feel like you know, people were about to sleep a little bit, but I don't blame them because it was 12 minutes of game time, 35 minutes of actual time without a shot on goal for either team. Uh, so I, we were just kind of wondering when's the next one going to come, but definitely a very interesting game. Yeah, it, it was. So I, I did tease it. I, I told everybody for the first time covering a game, we had a phone call like during an intermission that has never happened before. Uh, why don't you why don't you go ahead and kick that discussion off, RJ? All right. So one thing I noticed in the first period was that it seemed to me like the stars were bringing one of their forwards back. And I mean, way back, like goal crease or behind the net back on crack and dump ins to help out with the breakout to help them break out the puck, give their defensemen some more support, and provide a short passing option. And it was really effective for the Stars. The Kraken couldn't get very much going offensively because whenever they try and dump the puck in, the Stars would have that three-on-one or three-on-two player advantage down low by their own net. And so I noticed that that was happening, and I just didn't know how to counter it. I wasn't sure what you were supposed to do uh, to adjust to that. And so, of course, I had to give you a call, Dylan, because I figure if anyone's going to know that, it's probably, you know, that I can just call up. It's probably you. So I gave you a call. and I'm like, okay, Dylan, first thing, am I noticing this correctly? Is this actually happening? And two, what do you do to counter it? Yeah. And I confirmed that, yes, that I was seeing the same thing. And, um, and and I talked about what counters there was, and I kind of just stream of consciousness to you. And I was like, well, you could you could try to you know just dump in on Ottinger and try to force him to freeze the puck in offensive zone faceoffs, but maybe not the best idea for the Kraken. You could try to you know if you think you're skilled enough, it's not realistic. You could just try to do dump ins where it dies kind of behind the net, so it takes away that extra forward. Um, but realistically, I said there's only two options. You've either got to go flying in and really physically punish that forward who is playing back and get them to not want to do that or, or at least take them out of being able to then join the play going back up ice. Or you have to do what the Kraken ultimately did end up doing, which was you have to hang back. You have to keep your center hanging back and not really entering the offensive zone until you know you have possession. And that's what we saw with the Kraken. The Kraken are very blessed to have centers like Yanni Gord, Matty Beniers, Alexander Wenberg, who are all super, super solid defensively, can be two-way. And, and what we saw through that second period especially 
was anytime they had to dump the puck in those centers, they were up at the blue line. They were not really committing to joining the, the rush at all until they knew that the Kraken had possession of that puck. And then they were just kind of sprinting down the slot there and making it look good. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good strategy by Dallas through that first period. They caught the Kraken off guard with that for sure, but Kraken coaching staff and the Kraken players able to adjust to it. Definitely. And, and they were really able to limit what Dallas was able to do to them in transition. And I think part of the results of that in that chess game where it almost gets a bit stalemate is where you have that 12 minute stretch of play with no shots on goal for either team where neither team can really budge. So uh, it was interesting seeing that all play out. Yeah, it was for sure. Now, we've been talking about this too, RJ, just because of how this game ended. We all saw how that ended, unfortunately. Um, and Ty, Ty talking about it here. Not being able to clear the zone is my top concern by a long shot. Zone entries is up there too. Dallas fan on many open looks and we stayed afloat. Uh, can't lose, uh, can't close it out and went scrambling ugly. Talked about it earlier. I mean, this has really been an all season long problem for them. It's just clearing the zone. Like, like you just got to do it sometimes. Yeah, it's simple as that. Sometimes you just have to get it hard out when you can. You know, once you get into a position where it's all scrambly like that and the stars are working it around that perimeter and you've got all six of your players kind of sprawled out in front of the net, it's often too late at that point. When you have a solid clear, you've got to take advantage of it and get that puck out of the zone, even if it means icing it sometimes. And uh, it, it was interesting, you know, talking to the players, talking to Hackstall about that because uh, Hackstall was kind of adamant last after last game that this you know holding a lead late this is not a systemic thing this is not something we need to worry about but kind of rears its head again in this one yeah it might actually be something we need to worry about daniel talking about those those six on five end of game scenarios sometimes they just turn into a pachinko parlor all depends on how the puck bounces i like that as a as a good description edward with some studs taking a one goal lead in the last five minutes of the third period duds surrendering a late goal and losing it overtime after having a lead in the last five minutes uh yeah it's just it's something that i just i don't i don't like seeing it rj you know yeah Although when we talk about taking the lead and you probably talked about this already, but that power play at the end mm -hmm. was absolutely gorgeous. Yes. The, and, and it started out really stagnant. The stars yeah, well, were just yeah, sticking, was... sticking to their diamond. They weren't moving. The Kraken weren't moving. And all of a sudden, once you got that player movement, it opened everything up. I just got to talk about how much I love that power play. And then finally using Bjorkstrand in that slot. I'm sure you've said all of this already mm -hmm. on the post game, but I, I just, I love that. No, I, I hadn't taken my victory lap yet on uh, Bjorkstrand being there. Not totally, but uh, as I said, <laughs> the day they traded for him, stick him in the bumper slot, let him cook there, let him rip it, play him just like they that Team Canada in the August World Juniors played with Connor Bedard on the power play in the high slot. Just just let him go, and, and that's what they did. And, they, and if you look, yeah, I mean, the moment he opened up, I believe it was Wenberg who got the pass up to him. It was yeah, Wenberg, Wenberg, yeah. Like Wenberg was waiting for that the entire time down low. He was just waiting for Bjorkstrand to get any space whatsoever. And thankfully, because of what Dunn and Tolvanen were able to do, kind of switching spots, it was able to open up the, the Dallas interior there uh, by having Dunn cycle through mid-ice the way he did. Because they could have just switched spots perimeter-wise and nothing would have changed. They would have just kept passing it back and forth forever. But instead, Dunn kind of circles down and he slides through there. And that's enough because those players, they see it. They see a player moving the opposing team. They're going to naturally follow him. Like that's what they're trained to do. It's what they're supposed to be doing. And that created just enough space for Bjorkstrand to get open. And then 
Bjorkstrand doing what we knew he can do. He just unfortunately hasn't done too too often this season, and that's bury the puck. So it was it was a lot of fun. I love that one too. Um, Joey, very disappointing. I don't want to hear while we got a loser point. Look at Vegas dominating the Hurricanes for nothing. Pacific Division is starting to be Vegas. Uh, the last games has been very disappointing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, RJ? I mean, on as far as the loser point, like, yeah, I, I think certainly in context, when you have the lead late, you know, you, you'd like yeah. to pick up the two points. I mean, yes. if the Kraken were down and had, had tied it, if it was flipped the other way, then I think you're happy with the loser point, yeah. um, you know, if you tie it late. But again, to keep pace in this division, it's going to take a lot. You're going to start seeing teams like Vegas and L.A. and Edmonton just start winning most of their games. This is what happens usually every year after the trade deadline where you've got that separation between the teams that have loaded up and the teams that haven't. And, I mean, Vegas is looking pretty good. Jonathan Quick with a shutout tonight. Uh, they're looking pretty good. So um, I don't know how L.A. is doing in their game, uh, which I know started at 730. But still, it's going to be a real tough race in this division to keep pace. Yeah, that L.A. Nashville game is going to a shootout right now. Overtime just ended. All right, so they so. picked up at least their point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, like, I feel better about this one over the last game because you got a point versus not getting a point, and it was against a far better team. Like, yeah. so that's why it's like this game is a little bit better than the last one. But, yeah, it's this is this is where you know it's take it's take care of business time and the kraken are not really taking care of business right now uh, and the way I, the standings are going to like the the loser points if you kind of keep picking up little bits of points you're going to stay where you are and it's not the worst thing because again no. their playoff spot with calgary doing as bad as they're doing you know winnipeg doing as bad as they're doing the playoff spots all but assured it's just yeah. seating that you're worried about now and if you want the higher seating you've really got to get those points there's nothing wrong with staying in third or the first wild card but that's kind of where it leaves you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, TBK, most of these games we win easy if we could win faceoffs. Yes, 44% on the, on the dot tonight. I mean, that's that's better than some nights for the Kraken, but it is just, it's just one of those. I, I'm, I don't know that it's even possible to change it at this point, RJ. Like, it's just going to yeah. be something they have to battle through. I think it's just something that's going to stick with this team at this point. And you'll see it cost them on the, the Mason Marchment goal with an offensive zone face off of the stars right after the TV timeout. And it leads immediately to that. You know, you're just going to have some of those plays. Yeah. Uh, Striatic, please like the stream so other hockey fans can find it. Appreciate it. Striatic. Um, let's see. Uh, my favorite part was when the Kraken scored with two bodies net front chef's kiss. <laughs> How about that? The double layers there the double tip too like that's not something you see very often did you see how excited maddie was too oh yeah he was pumped goal. up after scoring that one number 20 on the season his first ever 20 goal season i just feel happy for him oh no it's ebbs goal oh wait they gave it to ebbs yeah okay they gave it to veneers immediately after and i guess they must have changed it later yeah i mean everly was first one back to the bench like, like for, for the line and everything. And uh, yeah, they both in the building it. here, they announced it, but ears, they gave it to Maddie oh, okay. right, at least right away. So they must've looked at it later. Interesting. Cause root had it on like the graph and Maddie was celebrating. Like he got it because he definitely tipped it. Like yeah, he, he got the first tip. And so as the... far as he was concerned, I think he thought he had it. Yeah, he did initially. And then you can see he gets a little disappointed because Ebbs goes to the bench first. They both tip it. That's what I'm saying. Like it goes off both of them along the way, both, wow. both, both of their shafts. 
I'll just leave that alone. Uh, Lindsay, I, I want more than three shots on a four-minute power play, too. Luckily, the power play after that one looked better, but I always hate longer power plays. Too complacent, no urgency, in my opinion. I do agree with that. Teams can sometimes take those double minors for a little bit too much for granted. Yeah, there was no sense of urgency there. It, it looked pretty bad, um, but at least they finally turned it on later. Yeah, Edward, usually crack and get the W when another Seattle team loses earlier in the day. I'd been hoping for that after the Sand Sounders had a late tying goal called off by VAR. Oof, that's rough. That is rough. Uh, Duthin, shout out for Maddie's 20th of the year, Wenberg's 300th point of his career, and Alexiak's 500th game. So three, two of those three happened. I mean, it's possible yep. that it could get credited to Maddie back still, but I'm looking at the box score right now, and it's and it's Eberly. Uh, the Maddie one's coming. Uh, Duthin, yeah, well, Maddie's 29th assist. They have changed the box score. Yeah, they did change it. Uh, I'm with I'm with Coop and everybody, though. It's more important for, for the Calder race that Maddie gets a 20th goal. He's still got time to potentially get to 25. Like, I think if he could get to 25, that kind of seals up the Calder for him. For both, yeah, for that, that would look pretty good on the on the stat sheet. Yeah, that's one of those magic number type things. So I I want it to go to Maddie. I think we should all petition. Why not? Let's all protest this game. We'll see if we can convince. We'll do a change.org <laughs> to get uh, Dave Haxtell to petition this game, protest this game. What do you What do you think, RJ? Yeah, that that that'd work. I think he'd be he'd be up for that. He definitely seemed like he was in the mood to be up for that. Yeah. Uh, so totally agreeable to anything you that you'd want to suggest to him. Yeah, okay. I, I believe that. Jay, at least I, I will... go for it. Oh, no, I mean, it's a bit of an aside, but like going back to the, the stars having that forward low, and I was really yeah. curious to ask him about that. And then I think it was like the first or second question, but Piper was asking about, you know, what can you learn about a team like that? And what lessons are you taking away strategically right. given you're playing them next? And he was very clear. He's like, look, I'm not going to tell you guys that. Um, you know, that, that's of no advantage to me to tell you, you know, the lessons we've learned. There are definitely a few things we picked up on and that we're going to adjust to, but I, I'm not going to say what those are. And most of the time, I feel like, oh, when he says stuff like, oh, that doesn't give us a competitive advantage or anything, I'm like, okay, come on. You can tell us who the goalie is tonight. But that one, I actually do agree with him. Like, okay, may maybe he shouldn't tell us what he's going to adjust to. Yeah. So I figured he probably wouldn't be too agreeable to, to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, no, probably not. Um, uh, uh, Richter here. Hey, they didn't give up the puck for half of overtime and still couldn't close it. So RJ, the theory, maybe it's it's in my favor. Just just let them rip, maybe. I I don't. I mean, you still look at the seven and one. I think I think it's got to be a lot more games like that that don't go the Kraken's way before we can start talking about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they had possession for most of the overtime. Um, and, and I think more often than not, if you do that, you're, you're going to win. Haxtell did mention, though, that like we had a lot of possession. We didn't get inside. We never got inside on him. And so they weren't able to really force the issue. And, I mean, got a heck of a play by Max Domi. That saucer pass to land right on uh, Haskinen's stick. I mean, that's just a yeah. skill play. It, it was a really good play. We've, we've talked about that one for sure. Uh, it is one of those where I... I the Yanni Gord slap shots, like that being the times that we let it rip from that far out. Like we, we know from the power play last year, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And you know what? I was actually, I was recording the bench reaction because I wanted to get the bench kind of going off if the Kraken scored yeah. the winner. And I, I could see a couple of the coaches on the bench look maybe not too pleased with that Yanni Gord slap shot right after it happened. Yeah. 
Uh, Jay, at least no own goals this time. Yeah, that's, that's definitely an improvement. Uh, Aaron, about as close to a playoff game as you can see in the regular season. Dallas defends so well. That is going to be key. It's just going to be how how you know do you do you break that kind of Dallas defense, and then once you do, you got to get past Ottinger on top of it. It's certainly not easy. It was so impressive watching Ottinger in person. I don't think I had seen him play in person before, but just his positioning, his angles, uh, you know, how he doesn't overreact in the crease. Like he's always putting himself in a really good position to stop yeah. shots and looking confident as he does it too. I mean, he's really good goalie and it was a treat to watch him live. Yeah. I actually, you know, one of those things is, you know, we saw, we obviously you get the double tip for the, for the Eberle goal. You get the, the dirty, ugly goal for, from Donato. But like again, it's it's just it's bodies net front, it's chaos net front. I did feel like the one kind of weakness for this Dallas defense was when things got in tight close around Ottinger, they didn't really seem to know what to do. They did not like playing with their backs to the play. That obviously made them uncomfortable. And instead of getting into like kind of panic mindset the way the Kraken do in that situation, they just shut down. Like their version of panic was just like, okay, I'm just going to stand here until I like can recognize what's going on. Like that happened from like a couple of them, including Ryan Suter. And I was like, you should know what's going on, dude. You played like 30 years in this league. Um, but that's, that's what, it, what happened. So the next game, I would like to see them really just, just drive the net, try to do whatever you can net front and, and get that defense in a situation where you're behind them and they have to turn around and they have to just, deal with it uh, because they didn't really look that effective at dealing with it today. Yeah. And that's something I recognize from watching a lot of Peter DeBoer coach teams. They're really great in that structure. They're really great when the play's in front of them, but in chaos, they're right. They kind of shut down. Yeah. Uh, AL, at least the sea dragons one. That is definitely something I there love. This, I love this one from Edward. We did keep Dallas to only 40% of their previous games scoring. That's certain. Most of the time, if you can do that, you'll win. Yes. Of course, most of the time, it won't be four goals. <laughs> that, that, that's number. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, we outscore our problems, but when we can't, it gets ugly fast from Hunter. I mean, definitely, you know, defense, the play of the defensive zone, I should say, is 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 the crack and weakness. That is that is where what they need to improve on. Um, like, let's see. Uh, uh jules so yeah jules had sent us a, a super chat earlier rj saying uh they talked with the the nashville coaching staff super nice all of them which unsurprising but always good to hear and that they wish the crack in luck in making the playoffs and so jules saying here i only go as far as to talk about hockey wish good luck and give a sticky note saying the kraken wish you luck i know my limits <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh that's great I, I absolutely love that. Jay, I feel like on the first goal, the D-men got sucked in, puck watching, should have been at home to block that shot. I talked about it. I sent a tweet about it, RJ, on that, that Hintz goal. I thought that that, you know, Susie goes down. Schwartz says, oh, I've got to go net front. The problem is there was no star there. Like, there was no need to go net front. Just stick in that passing lane because that's the only thing that can hurt you. Yeah, basically, you, you got to take a real quick look around, and it's tough to do. It's kind of a bang-bang play with that rebound popping out. But mm -hmm. still, yeah, you got to see what's around you and, and recognize the danger from the passing lane as opposed to the, the net front. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, galaxy brain. Maybe the Kraken want to be in third place so that they don't have home ice advantage for the playoffs. Hashtag road warriors. I think there's certainly something to that. 
I don't know that you the, could that make the, a good argument that there's an advantage to it, given what we know about this Kraken team. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's an advantage to it. I don't know that the team would be like rolling. They're not trying. Yeah, they're not trying happen. to do that. Um, and they were asked a couple times this morning too about that home road discrepancy, and they didn't really have much of an answer for like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and it's kind of the same answer we got earlier this season, but I, I don't think anything's coming to mind for them as far as why, why that is the case. Yeah. Uh, Mike suggesting that's a big, heavy team. We need to bulk up. I know I saw somebody earlier talking about wishing, you know, kind of had Max Domi on the team with that little bit of an edge, nasty element. We did talk a little bit about that um, around the the trade deadline, kind of bringing in maybe one of those more like kind of agitator type pieces up front for the Kraken. As far as bulking up, I mean, they've got like the biggest blue line out there. It feels like they're just not necessarily physical. Right. I mean, you look at some of the physical plays, and I thought I thought Susie did a good job. Not a whole lot of physicality from Alexiak. I mean, you usually don't get that, but Vince Dunn actually, they got the biggest hit of the night out of anyone on the blue line uh, when he when he ran over. I forget who that was, um, but he made a pretty big hit. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as size, there's no real lack of that. And it, it's weird with you look at the crack and some of their most physical players are some of their smallest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which definitely. is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, like I said, you know, this is something I've talked to, I talked about all last season. I kind of laid off of it this year, but, you know, you do have guys like Jamie Alexiak, and he will lose physical battles, and he probably shouldn't, right? Or Carson Soucy, or Will Borgen's gotten better about it for sure, and Anna Larson. But, like, you have, you do have guys with significant size. They will have size advantages 95% of the time when they are battling with somebody. And unfortunately, I do agree that they lose those all too much. Is the, is the bottom line. Um, let's see, Daniel. Hopefully, this will keep people from complaining anytime we have to pull our goalie. It's a, it's a good point. It works. We see it happen. Yeah, you, you can see there's an example of it working. I know people said, "Does it ever work?" Well, yeah, it does sometimes. Yeah, uh, Joey was at the XFL game cheering on the Sea Dragons. Awesome, Joey. Hope you had a good time. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, because Lindsay was talking about the Nashville LA game. I just saw it here. Nashville won in the shootout, so LA only getting the one point. That is nice. Uh, Jay, right, I'm, I'm keep pace. Yep, I'm really interested to see what adjustments both teams make on Monday. Sadly, I'll be flying for most of the game. Ah, bummer, bummer, Jay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. Outside, of, like we already kind of talked a little bit about the X's and O's. We talked earlier about the goaltending situation. Like, do you give that start to Martin Jones? I don't know if you have a feel or read on that. No, no read on that. I mean, the the way Haxel's been doing things, you'd think it'd be Grubauer. I wonder if the coaches maybe just meet and have some kind of gentleman's agreement to play the backups. And yeah, I think both teams maybe could use it just from a, a rest standpoint. Like, all right, all right, we'll we'll trade and you get Jones in there and you get Matt Murray in the other net and it kind of evens out. I think that would benefit both teams, but yeah, no read on that. Yeah, I, I thought it was one of those like it's you would rather probably have Grubauer in. He's playing better he's he's the bet he's been the better goalie but at the same time i could see after these last two games the coaching staff wanting to kind of change things up and send a little bit of a message um, i could it wouldn't surprise me yeah uh daniel to dylan's point couldn't you just quit dumping the puck and bring it in with possession that would always be preferred daniel but there are times when you know you kind of have to do the dump and chase for for whatever reason um, but yes, ideally you just want to enter the zone with possession <laughs> and that would be yeah. the best way to get around it for sure. Um, let's see, uh, Coop, I forgot which one of you said this before, but Schultz is a hundred percent, not the same player post injury. Uh, I think we've both said that at different points. 
Yeah, and it did come up on the last post game. Uh, but yeah, it, it does look like that's the case. Yeah, unfortunately. And then also from Coop, it kind of seemed like that whole power play was designed for Dunn to get that shot off he took right before the Borky goal. I do kind of agree that that's probably what they were planning and what they had drawn up. But good on Winberg to recognize that you know Yorkstrand had found a little bit of space and was going to have time for that shot. Yeah, I agree that. <laughs> You're right, that one time. That's probably what they were setting up. It is. It is. They they moved him over there. They had him get lost to the defense. I I, I didn't want to say it because it was so pretty and we were all excited about it, but it, it, that is definitely what they were doing. Uh, Donnie just finished the game and oh my goodness, what a heck of a game. The stars are no joke. Proud of our boys for hanging in there. Felt like a playoff hockey game. I agree. It felt like a playoff hockey game. This is a really good team, RJ. And the Kraken, I mean, I thought the Kraken were a better team through most of, you know, five on five regulation. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely close. It's tough to tell in those low event games, but I thought the Kraken easily had, you know, as good or better scoring chances uh, than the Stars did through most of that game. And then for a while, just nobody was getting any chances. So, uh, you know, that's a testament to being able to shut down a team like the Stars, who, especially with their top line, who can generally dominate just about anybody. I mean, that, that's a real accomplishment. Yeah. Now, this is the one other thing that I noticed during the game, because I was watching this game with Money Puck on my laptop. Okay. And I was trying to pay attention to stuff. And there's something that I noticed. I'm going to try to throw this up on screen really quick here. Uh, we'll see if, can it, will it, will it work? There we go. What do you All notice right. about that Dallas shooting chart, RJ? Uh, I got to lean in a little bit further it's right, here. It's right there. Okay. okay that's the one. To see. Uh, I mean, a lot of big blobs right around the crease. Yeah. That's a lot of shots right around the crease and really throughout the entire game. It was just very concentrated to the lower slot there. This is something that we saw, you know, especially in like that Toronto game. If we go back to that one really killed the Kraken. I, the Kraken need to find a better way of defending the lower slot, defending that front and trying to figure that out because I really think that that is the thing that's killing them. I feel like Dallas came into this game with that idea in mind. Like, like they clearly watched tape on the Kraken. They did that thing defensively that we talked about. And I know Dallas, you know, they're a good team. They could, they probably want to do this anyway because most hockey teams want to want to have a shooting chart look like that at the end of a game. But I feel like they also probably knew that they could get away with it more so going into Seattle than maybe any other barn in the in the league. One impression that you really do get from watching this game and also from talking to the Kraken players afterward, both teams really did their homework on this one. And especially when you play a team twice in a row and you know you're going to do that, you watch a lot of film and figure out the tendencies, figure out the weaknesses. And, and that is something that was kind of made clear. You know, I asked Ryan Donato of like what you can learn about a team from playing them the first time this season. He's like, well, we watched a lot of film on these guys beforehand. Uh, you know, so he, he made sure to point that out. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Could you use Shane Wright's Hattie for the Kraken tonight from Lindsay? Yeah, it would have been, would have been nice a little bit. Happy for Shane Wright. Um, Dexter tired of this team blowing leads. Uh, we all are. We all are. Especially could have used the Shane Wright empty net goal to cap off the hat trick. Yep. Donnie also reminded everybody, don't forget to wind your clocks forward for daylight savings. That's right. I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to those later sunsets and more light coming through the window yes. back there. It's going to look awesome. It's going to look absolutely fantastic. Uh, Hockey Fork, I'd have to say that Shane is just about a lock for next season. So how about some way to premature talk about the center position pileup? Shane needs ice time, so that position will need trimming. I don't know that you're going to you know, want to move out, say, a Yanni Gord. Maddie's obviously going to stay there. 
Wenberg, maybe you you know you look at maybe moving him, but I think he he adds a lot to this team. I think what most likely happens is Geeky slides over to the wing, and I think you've said the same before. Right, or or that Yanni Gord might slide over to the wing. That's the yeah. other thing that I could see. Um, but yeah, I think the log jam sorts out pretty easily if you just move one of those two to wing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how cool would it be if the Kraken came out and played with the amount of pressure every game, like the Stars came out tonight uh, from Donnie there? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I thought the Kraken did all right in this one. I mean, they came out and they had like a 4 nothing shot advantage in this one, Kraken. Yeah, no, I, I thought the Kraken absolutely matched the Stars' pressure and energy for, for most of the night, which, I mean, that's that's all you can really hope to do against the Stars team. You're, you're not going to dominate them. You're not going to blow them out. Um, but yeah, I thought they did fine. Yeah. Uh, from Zach, bro, they need to do defensive drills. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it, it could happen a little bit. And then talking about they didn't let Grubauer up. This is something I talked about at the at the beginning, RJ, when you before you joined us. That last sequence on the Pavelski goal, the tying goal, right? It's it's a, a lot is going on, but you've got Grubauer losing his stick. He goes down. He can't get up in part because his stick is under his right pad. And then you've got both Borgen and Alexiak kind of filling in for him behind him, maybe lingering a little too long. So once Grubauer can get up, he's not able to find a post and really get situated again. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts about that, what kind of replays you were kind of able to see from your band. Yeah, I was able to see, I was able to go back and look at some of the replays. I've, I've seen it maybe three times over, you know, the original and then maybe two replays I've seen of it. I, I just have difficulty trying to break down something like that, especially in trying to like offer, you know, kind of a, a constructive suggestion of what else you should be doing. Because in that moment with all that going on, it's so hard to get to a place in your mind where you're thinking of kind of the strategic place to be. Yeah. You're just trying to get back at that net. And in most moments of the game, I, I feel okay kind of critiquing like, okay, he should have been over here or all this, but, but that was absolute chaos. And especially when your goalie is down and out like that, then you go into real panic mode and I don't blame any player for doing it. We've seen enough players that have gotten behind their goalie and have kind of made the stop mm -hmm. themselves that I generally don't have a problem with piling in like that. It's still required a, a great play for the stars to get it out wide. Yes. And then Pavelski, that perfect shot. I mean, it still takes a lot to beat that. Um, I, I just, I kind of throw that one out, honestly. Okay. Except uh, saying you got to clear that puck earlier. Cause that's when yes. it's still is structured before it gets into the chaos zone. Once you get there, you've just got to pray. That and is, so that's why I don't really want to break that down. Yeah, no, that is definitely the major takeaway. It's just you got to clear that puck out. Uh, Bobby Rainey, uh, assuming Wright comes in next year and newer players take a few years to get good at faceoffs, are we expecting the faceoffs to get worse before they get better? Maybe just because you'd have Wright, although you could always have Geeky or Yanni Gord if he's playing on a line with one of them, take the faceoffs or take his offhand faceoff, something like that. I would say, though, they should be getting better, though, because. Matty Beneers should be better next year than he was this year. So Right. You have to count on the the improvement, the experience there. And we've seen that even within this season. Matty Beneer is improving on the dot. Hackstall's talked about it too and saying it's tougher the, the younger you are and, and the less experience you have in the league. There is a bit of a slant toward veterans at the dot. Mm -hmm. So I think as Beneer starts to establish himself, especially if he can win the Calder, you know, maybe yeah. that'll earn him a bit more respect and a, and a little bit more success there. For for sure. Um Gilberto uh yo i just realized that we haven't won a game since i got my retro jersey on tuesday should i get rid of it or not just yet uh ask us again after the next game <laughs> i know i i agree with donnie don't get rid of it they are clean um they look great 
Yeah, they look great. And and you know what? The bottom line is they're cursed for everybody. If it's cursed, it's not just cursed for you. It's not just yours that was cursed. They're all <laughs> cursed. The entire idea was cursed, and it, it basically cursed league-wide. So <laughs> um, good stuff there. Uh, let's see. Jules, yes, Nashville won. I'm going to take that as a win in my book. I gave them the luck. You did, Jules. That is definitely all because of you. I feel very confident saying that. Uh, Ty, the, yes, the shooting chart is insane. It, it was, it is wild. Um, Lindsay, I thought uh, Froden had a good game tonight, but I still really miss Burakovsky. And don't scratch Donato. I agree. Donato should not be scratched ever, RJ. No, he, he should be in the lineup regularly. I, I yeah, didn't support the scratching him for as long as they did. Uh, I will add this one point on Jesper Froden. I don't no, if we can really read into this at all, so don't don't take this as anything concrete. But one thing that we did notice uh, after the game was his equipment was not in his locker stall, hmm. and all the other players was. So I, I didn't have the time to check to see how many games. I think he's this is his eighth game up, uh, and I don't know how many days it's been. But waiver considerations, just like John Hayden, who got sent down a couple weeks ago, might be a concern there. Again. Don't want to read into it too much, but it's possible that Froden may be heading back to Coachella Valley. Yeah, I was going to say this This would be game seven as far as what he played. Oh, um, okay. So it would be seven games, but I he was, he was he a scratch for one or two? I don't know. Uh, but yes, it is definitely worth noting there. Edward, reminder, before the season, we were looking at a fifth in the stand in the division as our ceiling for season finish. We are still performing above expectation. Totally agree. RJ and I were just doing this. We were looking back at our division preview, trying to see what where we had people. And uh, yeah, that's where we had the Kraken. Yeah, we were overall pretty accurate, but the one we were way off on happened to be the team that we cover. What does that say about us as as uh, It said analysts, that we RJ? watched all 82 Kraken games last season. That's, that's what it said. That is definitely what it said, yes. Uh, it took a toll. Uh, Daniel, when you have defensive guys in the low slot, don't they act as a screen for the goalie? How do you balance that? So you balance that by, like, let's say, if it's your defenseman, you generally want them playing to the side of the goaltender, pushing guys out of their face. Right. That's yeah. that's what you want your defenseman doing when you when you're in that situation for the forwards, usually a center. You want them coming down and they're taking away the cross ice pass. So they're actually playing a little bit up uh, a little bit. They're not going to be totally all the way down towards the crease. They're going to be up a little bit. And you want them really trying to control and dictate and not let the other team get cross ice passes across. Kind of like what we saw with the Rube Hintz goal. Yeah, well said. And it's a delicate balance, too, as far as clearing guys out of the front of your net. And Vince Dunn was pointing this out after morning skate before the last game where he was asked about that net front defense. And he said that basically it's a lot more complicated than people think. I think he said there's a lot of people who don't know much about hockey who think that you just should always go and automatically clear somebody out in front uh, when often you can kind of double up on the screen that way. So it's definitely something these defensemen have in their mind when if it's kind of a bang-bang play, they're worried about the effects of getting in there too late and end up screening their own goalie. For sure. Ty, this is a good playoff test. Let's see what Hack can do to respond to Dallas. Uh, it's definitely going to be something I'm looking for, RJ. Jay, you know what's going to look awesome in that window? A ton of fans on Tightwad Terrace watching a playoff game. Yes. It will be sick. Let's go. And then, you know what? National audience checking that out, seeing this beautiful arena. Um, 
Let's see from Gilberto, uh, Texas fan here, guys. Y'all keep doing what you're doing. The post game chat is my favorite part of game day behind W's. Catch y'all Monday. That was a super chat, by the way, RJ. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. Thank you for the super chat. And thanks for being a part of the chat tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, love hearing that. Uh, let's see. Let me scroll back up now. Um, let's see. Uh, Harley, I keep asking nicely. Uh, willing it. Patience is thin. Those young fellas aren't listening. Stop crowding Gru, your goalie. That's that last mad bunch up scramble. Just nuts. I know. Any, I, I'm sure Gru would love to have just nice, clean, empty space in front of him, too. Uh, Daniel, I'm not looking forward to that extra hour of darkness in the morning. I start work at 6.30. Oh, I've had I've had jobs where I started at 6, and yeah, it's, it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Dude, the first two times I wore my retro reverse jersey, we won. So, All right. So, Dude had the one uncursed jersey, and even that still only lasted two games. Congrats on getting the one uncursed jersey. Yeah. Uh, Dottie, it's so rad to have you, RJ, as our inside eyes to drop the inside info. Definitely. Definitely. Thank definitely. you. Yeah. No, it's uh, cool to be around. I mean, I. I... I, I hope this doesn't mean what I think it might mean for Froden and things like that. But you do notice little things that kind of yeah. stand out uh, when you're in the room. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, did anyone mention Alexiak yet? Just standing in Gru's net while everyone was scrambling before the tying goal. We, we talked about it. I talked about it before RJ joined. RJ talked about it a little while ago. It's what he's supposed to be doing is, is the yeah. I just muted myself. There we go. Uh, Lindsay, crazy <laughs> to see a clinch playoff berth indicator by Boston today. When the Kraken finally get that clinched indicator, we need to have the biggest of all ECH dance parties. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Oh, absolutely. That is going to be a great, great postgame live. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I don't even know. Like I, oh, I'm going to feel so many feels <laughs> just, just totally. <laughs> um, Daniel, uh, how do you push them out of the net without blocking the goal? That's what Don was kind of talking about. Like yeah. it's, it's not that it's not super easy. It'd be easier if you could pull them out, but you can't Daniel adding. Yeah. Unfortunately you can't quite do that. Man, Larson uh, would be unstoppable if you could. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would be, that would be incredible. Sidney Crosby would be unstoppable. Get, dig into yeah. that lower body strength and nobody could fight it back. Uh, Jay, Hey chat people. Another friendly reminder, give Dylan and RJ a like. They put a lot of, uh, work into these streams. Appreciate that, Jay. We do. Edward, after last season and having yet to see Kraken above 500 consistently, predicting a playoff bound Kraken season would seem pie in the sky optimistic. That's what we were thinking. <laughs> yeah. Especially if that was, again, coming from us, it would it would seem a little, little off. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So I'll do a quick last call here at the, at the end. Um, Oh, this is a good one from Joshua. With no roster limit, what would the Kraken gain in sending Froden? Uh, waivers wouldn't be a problem if you just keep him up, right? Yeah, basically, you you gain that he could maybe be in the, the Calder Cup playoffs for the Firebirds, and he could kind of return to them. Plus, again, if it gives you some time also to decide, do I want to bring him up for another however many days or you know another two, three games or something? Um, I think they may have been attempting to kind of rotate guys through there as part of a grander plan like with Hayden okay what can Hayden bring on your roster for a couple yeah. weeks okay what can Froden bring for a couple weeks now we know that maybe there's somebody else they have in mind maybe a Cole Lind I don't know but that's something that you would gain uh and again if you keep them up then you can't send them down for the AHL playoffs and the Firebirds are going to have a run of their own so it's going to be difficult 
Yeah, you got to you if as an organization, the front office right now trying to manage two playoff bound teams. That's it's an interesting spot you find yourself in here. Uh, and then Daniel, no reason we can't go nine six and one. That's what it's going to take to get to a hundred points, RJ nine six and one. And I agree, there is no reason why we can't do that. Certainly doable. Certainly yeah. doable. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this Emerald City Hockey post game live. At least we got a point. That's that should be the title of this. We at least got one. Uh, <laughs> presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Another shout out to them. Shout out to to everybody for joining us. All the awesome comments. All the awesome super chats. All that good stuff. Got another game against Dallas on Monday. It's gonna be. It, it should be a good one. If this was any indication, that game's gonna be really really awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all next time.